where there is a standard or an ideal, a vision, there is a mandate, law, or a commandment in order to obtain that standard, that ideal, or that vision. Within Western civilization, actually our cultural history, and within the 3,000-ish year of Western civilization as we know it, predating Christ, just in the West, there have been two standards, visions, or ideals that have persisted through that time span. It is wisdom and fortitude. Wisdom and fortitude. We have always exalted those wise minds that have gone before us, beginning with someone like Parmenides or Heraclitus, and then Plato and Aristotle, some of the great thinkers of Western civilization. All the way through the modern philosophers, such as Nietzsche, Descartes, there can be this idolization of wisdom, this desire to know all things so that I can conquer all things. Simply put, as a 21st century American, to be the smartest person in the room. Wisdom is the first. The second is fortitude, or strength, might. Going all the way back to Sparta, then to the gladiator, to now the modern gladiator in the football arena. That we've exalted in the West this idea of strength that we should be the strongest in the room, the most athletic, the most fit. Even this is echoed by Darwin, this idea of survival of the fittest. It's become an ideal, a standard, the vision. And with these two come commandments, and that is to be the smartest and to be the fittest. And so Christ smartly sets the standard and the ideal and the vision to something different when he sets the commandment to love the Lord with all thy heart, soul, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. Smartly, because there's something about love that changes us. The way that the fabric of the universe is is that whenever we love something, that thing imprints itself upon us. It becomes a part of us. And we, in a sense, become a part of it. This is why Paul, in his second reading, talks about turning from dead idols into living ones. Or why the Old Testament says that those who worship idols, these statues that look like men, the Old Testament says they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. And their makers, or their worshipers, or those who love them, will become like them. They also will become blind. And they also will become deaf. And so smartly, whenever the Lord sets the commandment 
to love the Lord with all thy heart, soul, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself, knowing that what we love is what we become. If you love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, you become like God. That is what he is setting out before us. Now, we know this commandment, and perhaps we politely excuse ourselves from it. Because we say, that's the ideal. My heart is tied up in too many things to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, and strength. Or, there's no way I ever could love the Lord with all my heart, soul, and strength, so I'll just do the minimum. The problem, again, what we love is what we become like. And man, God became man so that man can become like God. And so whenever he commands us to love with all our heart, soul, and strength, he knows that our hearts are broken. And he knows that we have attachments that are low and earthly. And in loving with that broken heart, amidst the low and earthly attachments, we become like him. This is why Jesus gives us his sacred heart. If you recall the image this burning human heart, this furnace coming out of the top of it, in which we plunge our miseries, our weakness, our earthly attachments into his heart so that there's an exchange in which we love with him. And so whenever the Lord says to love him with all of our heart, soul, and strength, that's not whenever we get all of our ducks in a row or when we get our act together. He commands it now because he wants to invite us into his life even now.